A new state law will go into effect in 2020 that requires all publicly traded companies to have at least one woman on their boards. In San Diego County, that mandate was largely reached. The law itself has been controversial, as having a woman on a board doesn't remedy pay inequality or other barriers in the workplace. However, supporters say the law is an important first step towards improving diversity. For the San Diego Union-Tribune, I'm Daniel Wheaton, and this is your San Diego News Fix. Mike Freeman, you cover tech for the Union-Tribune on the business desk, and you'll have a story coming out pretty soon about how San Diego seems to be moving faster when it comes to having women on corporate boards. Let's start at the beginning. What is this new law? Well, this is um, Senate Bill 826. It passed in 2018 and basically requires that any publicly traded company uh, in California mm-hmm. have at least one woman on their board of directors. Mm-hmm. Um, so this California is the first state in the U.S. to pass such a law. Um, it has been tried in Europe, in, in Norway and France in particular. Um, but, yeah, this is the first time that it is showing up um, in, in the United States. And companies have until the end of the calendar, 2019, to comply. Mm-hmm. And uh, can you kind of describe uh, the reaction to this law? Because I imagine, you know, at first it's kind of awkward, I suppose, when this, these kind of mandates happen. What was the response with various industries? Well, so the the way it works, I mean, large companies have been in compliance for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, any any large Fortune 500, you know, S&P 1500, Russell 3000 company, you know, for the most part will have women on their boards of directors. Uh, that's being driven by institutional shareholders mm-hmm. who, you know, large pension funds like CalPERS, who, um, you know, recognize that diversity is important. And, um, you know, those companies have, have stepped up. Um, it the 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 issue tends to be with the smaller companies, mm-hmm. uh, the more microcap companies, and companies in in fields like biotechnology, um, where you know they're specialized. They normally have a scientist, a founder, a financial expert, and then a bunch of other you know specific scientists mm-hmm. um, uh, on their boards. And their boards tend to be small, and so that you know leads to kind of an all male board. But in general, you know the. Women are underrepresented on boards. Um, uh, the Secretary of State and, mm-hmm. and um, a group called Women on Boards, a, a nonprofit, um, you know, estimate that you know California companies have about 20% of uh, their board members are women uh, mm-hmm. for California companies. And is that uh, kind of ahead of what you normally see, or is it av- like the average when you consider like the whole nation? Like, what's the difference between California and, like, you know, other places? Think, you would think that that is about what the national average would be, too, mm-hmm. right? So about, you know, again, 20% board representation by women, that's that's not, that's kind of an underrepresentation. Mm-hmm. And your story also notes that in San Diego, they achieved the goal faster than other areas. Yeah, let me, let me um, clarify that a little bit. So, sure. yeah, you know, so... We're not sure what the other areas did, mm-hmm. um, but, you know, basically what happened was in July, the Secretary of State's office put out a list of companies that were compliant and, and those were not, that mm-hmm. were not. You know, this is six months kind of ahead of the deadline. And, um, you know, at that time, you know, there were uh, roughly nine, ten San Diego companies that were not in compliance. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, that changed. Um, over time, and camp, you know, companies have been um, 
adding women throughout the, the final months of the year, um, mm-hmm. including local companies. And so at this point, we, we only have found one local company, a small biotech, um, that has not yet complied mm-hmm. with the law. Um, and they still could do so. Um, you know, they could appoint someone on December 31st at, you know, 11.59 p.m. Yeah. And, and be in compliance. So, yeah, it still, it still could happen. But, you know, for the most part, you know, companies are, are complying. Now, you know, some of them are doing it very late, mm-hmm. right? So uh, uh, our local, um, you know, real estate investment trust, it's called Innovative Industrial Properties. They own buildings where people um, grow marijuana. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they're a medical marijuana and legal marijuana. And so, uh, you know, they've said that on December 31st, they will announce that they have appointed a woman to their board. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the very last day of the year, they will be in compliance. And what's the penalty if they don't do it in time? Yeah, this is significant, right? This is um, and this is this is kind of what puts a lot of teeth into this law. Is uh, it's a hundred thousand dollar penalty um, for the first violation, mm-hmm. and three hundred thousand dollars for subsequent violations. So it's not you know a slap on the wrist. I mean, it, it's it's real money. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is quite a big penalty. So as this has been going on, has there been any discussion about other forms of diversity in large companies? Because we know that, you know, the wage gap is still persistent and that's often compounded by race as well. Yeah. I mean, there, there, the diversity discussion is, is a broad one. Mm -hmm. And, um, I think you, what you're going to see is, uh, you know, this law, has a further requirement that by 2021, um, companies with um, five or five board members have two women on it mm-hmm. on the on those boards, and companies with six or more board members need to have three women on there. So this this law by you know in the next two years is going to actually increase the diversity even further. Mm-hmm. And then you can, you know, obviously kind of the next step is, okay, you know, what about Latinos and Latinas? You know, mm-hmm. what about, you know, African-American board members? Um, you know, that sort of thing um, I think people are going to be focusing on. And again, you know, the rationale is a little bit, these, these are now global companies. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they need kind of a, a global um, mindset on their, you know, board of directors. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but at the same time, imagine it's somewhat difficult because how do you define what's the correct mix for any company? Because, you know, if you're a global company that only, you know, let's say mostly deals with Asia, or mostly deals with Europe. So it's kind of like there's so many different things that gender is perhaps the easiest first step, but those subsequent steps are probably the most confusing. Yeah, and it's it is going to be difficult, and there's no doubt about that. And you know, what what people tend to see in these situations is uh, something called overboarding. Mm-hmm. So you have a really qualified candidate who happens to be a woman or minority, and everybody wants them, and so you know they'll end up sitting on three, four, five boards, and and that's you know that's not what you want. Yeah. You know, on the other hand, you know it's traditionally. Um, Boards have looked for people who have C-suite experience, so, you know, chief executive officer, chief mm-hmm. financial officer, chief marketing officer, you know, something like that experience. 
and you know that's where that's the rub right there is the is you know there are fewer of those people out there because you know the glass ceiling in the workplace does kind of have an impact there mm-hmm. now now companies are are finding though that you can find you can look for and find qualified excellent skill sets on specific areas that you know you need that expertise and you can go after them and they don't need to be c-suite people mm-hmm. um so you know that's and that's something we explore in our story a little bit is how a local company viasat um which does uh, satellite internet um and you know wants to expand and become a global satellite internet provider you know tap somebody who was a global internet uh, or global um operations expert at Airbnb to mm-hmm. sit on their board as they kind of venture into the global consumer marketplace. So that's kind of how um, companies are starting to view it. It's opening up a broader pool of candidates for board seats, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. And recently, have you seen more of a push for a clear kind of executive pipeline for women? Because it seems, at least in the past several years, there's been more frank and open discussions about inequality, and you see people stepping up and try to change the scene. Is that happening? I think it is. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think it's industry-specific. Yeah. And it's something that takes some time. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, it's... it's And I, it is so hard to go there and say, you know, well, listen, there are more boys in, you know, in science and math. But that that might have been true in the '60s yeah. or the '70s, um, and and but I'm just not sure that that's actually true anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know that's that's kind of going to you know that's going to change the tide. Um, you know, women in STEM is a is a huge thing now. It's highly promoted, um, and I think people are doing a better job of getting the message out, mm-hmm. uh, particularly young girls to make them think, you know, to see that STEM is a viable, vibrant, excellent career and that they shouldn't be, you know, intimidated or steered away from that by some social norm. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. That, that's, and you see women engineers who are accomplished all the time in San Diego. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it seems like we've kind of moved from kind of gender inequality with education in the first step but I think now it seems like the discussion is more about like affordable child care and making sure that, you know, when people decide to start a family, that it doesn't mean that one person, you know, gives up their career. And that's kind of the conversation that's occurring now. Yeah. Yeah, it is. And, and you know, family, that's an individual family thing. But, um, you know, it, I think it, start, it has to start earlier even. I mean, you know, that, mm-hmm. there's kind of some unconscious biases that have gone on, you know, in the past, I think that kind of have steered um, girls, you know, away from these sorts of professions, mm-hmm. and and slowly but surely those things have have uh, eroded. Right, they're not doing that as much anymore. But you know that that is um, you know there's valuable skills that I think women kind of inherently bring to the um, you know the environment there with you know collaboration, um, you know, a different mindset Mm -hmm. um, than, you know, maybe their male counterparts that's super valuable. Yeah, the last thing that any company wants or needs is a monoculture, which 
gives you yeah. massive blind spots. Right, exactly, exactly. Again, particularly as the whole thing goes global, mm-hmm. and, they, and they need to see from a lot of different perspectives. All right, Mike Freeman, thank you so much. Thanks for having me. In other business news, Carlsbad's Ionis Pharmaceuticals is selling a license to one of its Alzheimer's research programs to Biogen. The deal included a $45 million upfront payment from the Massachusetts-based company, and in exchange, Biogen gets a license to an experimental drug that's designed to reduce the production of tau, a protein associated with Alzheimer's disease. Thanks for listening to the San Diego News Fix, which goes live weekdays at 5 p.m. If you also like your news in your email inbox, we've got you covered. You can sign up for breaking news, top headlines, business, sports, entertainment, watchdog, caregiving, and more. We've also got Boletines in Espanol, plus emails for Pacific Magazine and community newspapers. Just go to unionship.com newsletters. Until next time.